Sunrise with Shona. Hot 1027. Good morning, beautiful people of God. You're listening to Sunrise with Shona on Hot 1027, and it is so good to be back with you again this morning. I hope that you've had a great week. I've had a very interesting week, and it reminded me of how quickly news spreads and how careful we have to be to check our sources. On Thursday evening, I'm sure you're aware that the internet was filled with messages over news that had been misinterpreted and then spread about our very own Mark Pilgrim here at Hot 1027. And it reminded me of how fast news spreads today with social media, whether it's true or not. I am always amazed, even within the church community, how quickly things move through the community and something that may start as a whisper ends in a roar. I can also remember when my children were in primary school, the headmistress telling me that I must be careful of the pavement talk. And of course, the pavement talk is parents waiting to pick up their children, and they all chat, and she said to me, 90% of what you hear will not be true. But there is something that is true for all of us who follow Jesus. Jesus is the Messiah. And in his day, news also spread rapidly, and people spoke to each other and guessed and pondered and tried to work out who this man was, this man who was performing so many miracles, healing miracles, natural miracles, and power over nature. So when we look at the reading today, even though there was no social media at that time, let's be aware that Jesus was causing quite a stir in the ancient world of Palestine. I'm going to be looking at Mark starting at chapter 1, and in fact we're going to stay in chapter 1 because there's so much in Mark's gospel. Mark is a fast-moving gospel. It begins with the words, The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It was written quite a while after Jesus' death, probably around the time of the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. An interesting thing to note is that in Greek, the word gospel and good news are often used interchangeably. I love the word, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, because it implies for me that this is just the beginning and there is an ongoing story that continues to this very day. It is good news. It's a gospel. It continues to unfold within all of our lives and within all of creation. That's the good news. God is still present. God is still creating. And the gospel, the good news, is unfolding right now in our lives. And this is my own experience of living with Jesus, and I'm very pleased it is because I don't always get it right every moment of every day, but I do have the opportunity to learn, to grow, to change, to ask for forgiveness each and every day as God's good news unfolds in my journey and in all our journey with Jesus. Now let's read Mark chapter 1. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah. See, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Goes on to talk about John the Baptizer, John the Baptist appearing in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, and people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized with him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. We told about how John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey, and I'm very pleased I wasn't John. He proclaimed that the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me, and I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I've baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on to talk about Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee 
was baptized by John in the Jordan, and just as he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart, the Spirit descending like a dove, and a voice from heaven saying, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I'm well pleased. And I'm going to stop there at verse 11. So that's Mark chapter 1, verse 11. Coming up now on the Mighty Hot 1027, Praise my soul, the King of Heaven. Sunrise with Shona, Hot 1027. Praise my soul, the King of Heaven on the Mighty Hot 1027. Good morning if you've just joined me. It's wonderful to have you with us. Welcome. You are listening to Reverend Shona from St. Mark's Anglican Church. This morning we're looking at the first part of the first chapter of Mark's Gospel. And Mark is sharing this good news of Jesus Christ with people who are going through some terrible trials and tribulations at that time. So at that time it was written, so he thought he would put it in writing, at the time when Jerusalem was under attack and being overthrown and the people were being taken off into exile, the temple was being destroyed. And today the world is a little topsy-turvy, a little bit messy if we're honest, and we have many challenges even within our own country. So I thought it would be good to focus on Mark's gospel and to see what Mark wrote to people at that time with the tribulations they were going through. There are some interesting facts about this gospel that I thought I would share this morning, noting that we believe it is the oldest gospel, the oldest recording of the stories of Jesus. And while Matthew and Luke begin with the stories of the birth of Jesus, Mark begins with Jesus as an adult, going to John the Baptist in the wilderness, John the Baptist, of course, being his cousin for the baptism of repentance. And as we heard, he's baptized, the heavens are torn asunder, and God speaks. Mark also, interestingly enough, does not write about the Lord's Prayer at all, so it's not in Mark's Gospel, or the Sermon on the Mount, which is used so often for our teachings, which I think serve as a basic teaching in some of our churches. So it's just interesting that those were added later by the other Gospel writers. Mark also ends the Gospel with the empty tomb. And for me, the empty tomb reminds me that Jesus cannot be contained by our human constructs, whether they're physical constructs like the tomb, or through our thoughts or words, or even our theology. Jesus is bigger than that. We can't contain Jesus. Now let's go back to verse 1. We are told Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Christ, as I said the other day, means Messiah. Messiah means Savior or Anointed One. In Jesus' case, Anointed by God. And in this context, Anointed by God, people believe to overthrow oppression in and that was the minds of the people. But obviously by the time that Mark is writing this, um, people had realized that Jesus' kingdom was a different sort of kingdom. So Mark is saying Jesus is the Messiah, the one anointed by God, the anointed one of Israel. And the phrase son of God, we need to remember, would have provoked controversy in that Roman world because they believed that the Roman emperors were the sons of God. They believed they were deities. Actually, some even believed they were God. And Augustus Caesar was often hailed as the son of God. So it's some of the reason why Jesus was seen as such a threat, both to the Jews who were worried about the Romans getting upset by this man coming along, claiming he was the son of God, and um, from the Romans, that he was a threat to them. For me, verse 2 and 3 point to the way in which we're supposed to live out our Christian faith, a way that Mark refers to as the way. We are told, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you to prepare your way. And there's a voice crying out, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So moving away from the John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus, let's pause for a moment and think about our own journey 
perhaps a journey to the office even, something as simple as that, or a longer journey on a holiday. Perhaps the journey such as the one when you fall pregnant and have a baby, or when you get married, or when you are diagnosed with an illness. All of these are journeys in life, and it's part of the bigger journey of our life, from our birth to our death to our living with God in all eternity. All of life, for me, is part of this journey. So these days, with load shedding, a five-minute journey could take a very long time, and I think we've all seen that. It's part of the reason why people are so frustrated in the traffic. So I love the part that says, preparing a straight path. So often I'm frustrated that a destination that is such a short way away can take a long time, not only because of load shedding, but sometimes because there's no direct route there. And so we have to sit and wait, and it takes us a long time to get there. But to be honest, I am learning that the journey is actually life. And when we are open to it, and when we learn that this is actually life, then our openness to God enables us to experience the fullness of life that we are promised by God. When we are open, then we can truly experience God's presence, even open when we're sitting in traffic. I have to confess that one of my prayers used to be, please go before me, Lord, and prepare the way. And then I used to add, flatten the mountains and level the valleys. Now I've become much more cautious when praying that prayer. And in fact, I don't pray it at all anymore because someone came forward in church who was going to climb a mountain and I prayed, flatten the mountains and level the valleys. And she said, no, no, please, God, don't flatten the mountain. So be careful of what you pray is what I always say. But moving back to the gospel, we could say that John is the forerunner of Jesus. I think we do say that. And he goes before Jesus, opening up the path for Jesus. I'm sure you've all watched wildlife programs and so on, where you have someone who goes before the explorer, clearing the jungle, opening up the space so that people can walk, especially those people, I believe, who go to see the gorillas, that the people go before you and open up. And I think um, that's to enable us, obviously, to be able to move through the thickness of the jungle and move more quickly and easily. And I think this was John's journey for Jesus. He had to prepare the hearts and open the minds of the people to receive the Messiah, the Anointed One of Israel. When we look at the way, it can also be translated as the path or the road. So today I want to explore what following the way may mean for you and I. But first, on the Mighty Heart 1027, broken for me, broken for you, the body of Jesus, broken for you. Sunrise with Shona, Hot 1027. Broken for me, broken for you, the body of Jesus broken for you on the mighty Hot 1027. Good morning, you're listening to Sunrise with Shona, and if you've just joined us, welcome. We're looking at the first part of Mark chapter 1. Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, the Christ, and we have John the Baptist who is sent ahead of him to prepare the way for him, opening the hearts and the minds of people to receive the Anointed One of Israel. I want to focus now on what it might mean for you and I. And if we, if we look in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, in the New Testament in the book of Acts, people who are following Jesus are referred to as followers of the way. We see that this, the way is mentioned a few times. In the Old Testament, we find reference to the way of life and the way of death. In other words, you can make a choice. One is the way of life. One is the way of death. Jesus himself speaks about the broad way and the narrow way and how we need to choose the narrow way. And in John 14, we are told by Jesus that he is the way, the truth and the life. So if we look at Jesus, it involves, if we look at his life, it involves radical inclusive love, but it also involves 
living fully in the present. It involves death and resurrection. Life, death and resurrection. It's something that is active. It's not just a belief. It's something that we have to participate in. So for me, as we look at Jesus' life, we see the radical inclusive love of God and that the way involves um, death and resurrection as well. This week, someone challenged me and said, what do I mean when I say being transformed into the image and likeness of Christ? And I said, for me, it means living in the power of the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to put to death some or all the things that are in me that are not of God, and allowing then, because those are put to death, something new to be born within us and to allow us to grow And that comes from our faith in God and from following God. And I said, sometimes we may need someone to point it out to us or a spiritual director. It comes through prayer. It comes through scripture. But it is actually allowing something within us to be put to death so that Christ can be born anew within us. Another way of expressing that might be to say that the small I in me, the ego, needs to be put to death so that the bigger I, God, can be born as I follow the way of God. There are things within us that do need to be put to death. I think if we're honest, we all know that. Things that are not of God, things that do not bring life. Life in God and all its fullness comes when we journey with God. And I'm truly grateful that God has given me time, time to work on me, so that I can slowly change that which is within me that is not of God and be transformed. When I think of my own life and I encourage you to think of yours, look back and see how much you've grown and how much you've learned. I look back at sermons I preached when I first started and I'm quite horrified by some of the things I said. I also look back on the previous decade and I thank God that I'm not still 20 or in my teens or so on, unless I could go back there knowing what I know now, but even then I wouldn't want to go back because I'm grateful for the way in which God has worked with me and God changes me. And I think if you're honest and you look back, you would say the same. We grow, we mature. Some of those stupid things that we used to fuss about just disappear as we change. So as followers of the way, we follow on this exciting path, but we need to remember that it's not always comfortable, that there will be challenges, there will be hardships, there will be pain. But we do so in the presence of Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, And we are never alone. God is with us and people are with us. Even Jesus had John the Baptist going before him to prepare the way. A fellow human being, someone who was fully human. So we are given fellow travelers. So whatever you're facing today, wherever you are today, let's not forget that we are not alone. God is with us and the Holy Spirit is within us and will empower us and help us through whatever it is that we are facing God will carry us through this. And as we move through the struggles and through the challenges, we obviously experience God's blessing, God's presence, God's peace, God's joy, as God slowly transforms us more and more into his image and likeness. I pray that some of what I've said today may help you. May God bless you and keep you and your loved ones safe. And may you fall under the anointing of God. To wrap things up this morning, there is none like you, and shine, Jesus, shine. And of course, Jesus has to shine through us as we are transformed more and more into his image and likeness. If you need to get hold of me, you can do so on Shona at hot1027.co.za. And thank you for all of those who do email me. God bless. Sunrise with Shona, Hot 1027.